0: This is Glenn Wheeler from Mi'kmaq Matters. We talked to Chief Brendan Mitchell today about the latest discussions with Canada on the Benoit case and uh, developments in the enrollment process. Here's a piece of that interview. So, we're talking on uh, on June 28th, um, the day after you had the conference call with Canada, and the day before. You have uh, another of those regularly scheduled meetings in Halifax with uh, with staff from uh, from Canada so let me ask you first what you can tell us about uh, the conference call yesterday how long it was who was there, and what were the comments on um, both sides from F and I in Canada regarding the Benoit decision
1: yeah Glenn I can talk a little bit about that. Um... There was a conference call yesterday, of course, with the people who were involved with the implementation committee regarding the halibut file, plus our lawyer, our legal counsel, was there, and, of course, Canada's legal counsel sits in these meetings anyway as a, as a regular uh, matter, of course. So yeah, the meeting talked about the decision that came out on Friday by Judge Gillian Butler, whereby she provided a directive to the FNI and to me to write a letter to the minister to um, ask the minister to uphold the recommendation that she made in her declaratory order to keep the six plaintiffs in that court case, we call it the Benoit case, to keep those six plaintiffs on the founding members list. Uh, And that was the conversation that we had basically about that.
0: And I understand that letter letter was sent, so that part has been done.
1: Yes, but it was. You know, for us, it was a piece of, of due diligence, but I really was looking forward to an opportunity to say to the minister, uh, you know the the judge's decision or the judge's recommendation, as directed, would be upheld by us as, as she as, and in compliance with the declaratory order. And I did write, or we did write that letter in my name uh, to the minister, asking her to keep those six plaintiffs in that court case on the founding members list. As we know, though, the founding members list went into place on effectively the, uh, June 25th, which is Monday. And right now I would suggest that the minister hasn't kept those six names on that list yet. But giving her reply back to the letter I sent her, uh, which would be a response also to the recommendation that Judge Gillian Butler made, um, she would have to put those people back if that was a decision of Canada to do so.
0: And we understand from the communique that uh, reading between the lines, it seems Canada is saying they're not on on the list now, but they will be before... Uh, August because the list can be changed uh, multiple times so do you understand that those six names will be added before August?
1: Well those names were on the list it appears they'll be taken off or have been taken off now with the Ordering Council but not officially until the end of August so it would be the case that the minister could decide to leave those six names
0: there and And, do you know if they have decided to add the six well uh, of course F&I there's not a FNI does not make the list. Canada makes the list, and uh, will Canada uh, put those six names uh, back on? Do you understand,
1: Glenn, Glenn? I don't know if they will. The, the request that was made, or the, the, the declaration by the judge was that these six people remain on the list. I've asked the minister to consider, you know, doing that. Keep those six people on the list, and uh, what happens come up? That's a decision by the minister in Canada. I can only ask, influence, or recommend. And uh, what happens at the end of the day is, is a decision that Canada will have to make or the minister right. will make in a response back to my letter, which I haven't received yet.
0: Yes, and did, did Fred Caron on the call yesterday say anything specific about those six names? Did he say they, they will be added or won't be added?
1: No, Glenn, that conversation wasn't had. There was no decision or no indication of what was going to happen yet. I mean, for Canada, they'll have to look at this thing carefully their legal people will have to look at the decision that uh, Judge or Justice Butler made and then, you know, draw their own point of view on that. I mean, this thing only came out on on Friday, and I had a chance to review it on Saturday, actually, after uh, I came home from the Mauiomi and Grand Falls, and then we had a conference call on Sunday to try to look at a course of action with our legal counsel.
0: Yes, and it is a long decision, 36 pages and hard to follow in some places. So it's not, I think it's fair to say, not easy reading. So it's a bit hard to to figure out in in some places. But I I wonder if if Canada has indicated whether they're considering an appeal, would appeal, Uh, have they asked FNI uh, whether... Uh, it will appeal as F&I um, considered with, whether it will appeal to them, Waters.
1: Yeah, Glenn, I'm, I'm not sure what Canada would do. My view on it is I believe that Canada doesn't have a right to appeal because the decision wasn't really on them. It was on the F&I. Mm. So I'm not sure. I mean, I that's just talking off the top of my head. But, uh, I mean, Canada has to decide here if, if they have, and the legal people have to decide they have a right to appeal at all. My first thought is maybe Canada doesn't have a right to appeal here because the directive uh wasn't really to them. Uh and there's been a question or regarding jurisdiction. Could a Supreme Court judge in Newfoundland, you know, make a recommendation uh on what they think should happen? I mean Canada has to sort all that out for themselves. Uh for me I will share this with you. You know, I've never been in favor of taking people out of our band. I've begged the minister previously face to face to leave our people alone. After having a card seven years, a status card in this country I find it difficult that the Government of Canada would take that card back. I've told okay. that to the Minister, I've told that to our committee, and I've told that to the, the, the Indian Registrar for Canada. Yes. I find this to be a very difficult situation. And for me, Glenn, you know, as again, this is a bittersweet situation. I'm so glad that 5,000 new members have been accepted to our band, accepted in following a lengthy wait prior to inclusion. But I'm disappointed to see the removal of over 10,000 members of Halibut This is a very difficult situation for our people and our communities, for me as president of the FNI and chief of Halibut and certainly for our council.
0: We weren't counting
1: counting on this going so deep and and no one ever envisioned that all of these people would be impacted by the results of this process and a new founding members list.
0: So can I take from that that FNI itself will not appeal because, as you say, Canada perhaps can't appeal because there was not much in the decision about them. So F&I could appeal as F&I uh, considered uh, or decided whether it will appeal.
1: No, Glenn, we haven't had that discussion yet. And uh, right now we'd have to take some time to size up the implications of all of that and, and make a decision sometime later on. So right now we're not even having that conversation. All I've done here was um, you know, write a letter to the minister uh, as directed by, by the judge, to say, Minister, we'd like for you to hold off on this thing and keep these people in the band as directed or as recommended by Judge Justice Gillian uh, Butler based on the declaratory order that came out of the Benoit case he's heard last week in St. John's. And, and this is where we are with it. You know, I'd like to keep everybody in the band, Glenn. You know, my view, again, is uh, people self-identified as big Mob people a long time ago, people who are involved in these 10,000. They've been holding a card for seven years now. I find it difficult Uh, and and hard to to, to fathom how this process could cut so deep and take 10,000-plus members of our band. It represents actually about 44% of the initial 23,877. But again, I am pleased that after a very long wait, 5,000 new members are coming in. That's wonderful. But I am disappointed, together with many of our council members, that this situation has happened now and taking 10,512 out. No one could have seen or envisioned the the depth at which this uh, caught uh, or or change made.
0: So let's, uh, so let's, uh, so it sounds like uh, based on uh, your conference call, the Canada maintains its position that they have a supplemental agreement and, and that's that. And the process is continuing as said for, as Fred Coran said it would when Mi'kmaq matters talked to him uh, a few months ago, Uh, the 5,000 people are coming on the 10,000 people are coming out. You have a meeting uh, tomorrow in Halifax. So it, do you expect that anything substantial will come out of that meeting, or will it be a routine meeting about uh, process and um, implementation of the, yeah,
1: Glenn, uh, the it process? Was, thank you. it was intended to be both a uh, conversation regarding BEMWA and what would happen going forward for the rest of the enrollment process uh, through Wells and Wells. But just for everybody's information, that meeting was canceled. Oh, it I was postponed in light of this one, and we have another meeting planned in July in Halifax, and we'll be better prepared to kind of see where we're going by that time, you know. I so see. the meeting that we had planned to have on Friday was canceled in our meeting yesterday. And truthfully, uh, that meeting is, was being held on a day of a Friday of a long weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people were really adjusting their schedules and their family situations to be able to go to Halifax to accommodate. So we decided to postpone that meeting uh, to another time, and I think it's going to be right now in the third week. I believe the third week in July, and it will likely be in Halifax again because it's kind of a, a common distance between people in Ottawa and ourselves, yeah. and we can actually leave Newfoundland in the morning, come home in the evening. So, is there,
0: is there it, a date in July, or is just the sometime in the third week?
1: Yeah, in the third week, we're looking at a date right now, uh, maybe around. I'm trying to remember around maybe the 24th or something like that. But you know, we're still a little bit tentative on that, and, mm-hmm. and we will finalize a date. And of course, that meeting we'll talk about. I think Benoit will talk about also, you know, where are we going? What are the impacts of wells and wells? I mean, that decision particularly allows people now an opportunity to provide information that may have had from from uh, June 2008 up to September 11th that they weren't allowed to submit before. And of course, it does involve, I believe, having to review 58,000 uh, applications thereabouts. That may that will also mean for you and for listeners that the enrollment process on that piece alone will likely extend as well into 2019. There's a lot of work left to be done there based on the Wells and Wells decision. And there will be lots of other things coming up in the court cases, as Glenn, well, as you know. I also got a sense that at some point, whatever number of people that are taken out of Halibut, there will likely be a class action uh, on behalf of those people with respect to those that lose their membership. And again, that will be another issue that will be uh, upcoming. And again, with the potential of extending this process Uh, beyond where we are.